Hello, my friends. It's Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California for the Living Fearless Devotional. The Late Show. The Late Show, yeah. Very late. <laughs> uh, with us, the production of ResurrectMinistry.com. Please uh, check out our website where you can find all of our content to harness the power of the internet, sharing the gospel to every corner of the earth. Uh, we, uh, we cater to people who may have never met the Lord. So whether um, we're trying to witness to people, especially if people that used to be former Muslims like myself. Uh, so if you've never walked into a church or have no Christian friends, this is the website for you. <laughs> and I actually, my favorite thing is when people want to try to evangelize and they send them um, uh, to basically help with uh, bringing them to understand Christ, telling them my story and saying, Hey, Hedy, I used to be a Muslim and here's your website. So um, hopefully it's a, a benefit to you and we love to hear from you. So drop us a line, send us your comments. We read them all, uh, ourselves. And if you get a partner with us, you can click the donate now button, but most importantly, like share, subscribe, the social media content. It is such a blessing for us, whether it's the podcast, um, or it's the YouTube video, uh, or the Facebook post for sure. Tell your friends. Uh, Carrie just likes to speak in pictures. Emojis. Emojis. Emoticons. <laughs> Hi, Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Nice to see you. Um, we are reading from Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning. And it's July 14th. <clears throat> and uh, the reference is Exodus 20, 25. It says, if you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dressed stones. For you will defile it if you use a tool on it. So this means that uh, to make sure and just use the stones that are found without, without chiseling them or doing, altering the stones at all. Right. It's pretty interesting. He doesn't want it to look all polished. Yes. Like the, like the Higgins. Interesting. From the pen of Charles Spurgeon, he writes, God's altar was to be built for uncut stones without any trace of human workmanship upon them. Human wisdom loves to craft and position the doctrines of the cross into a hollow system more compatible with the depraved ideas of the fallen nature. But instead of improving the gospel, mm. our carnal wisdom actually pollutes it until it becomes a different gospel Yikes! and not the truth of God at all. Any alteration or amendment of the Lord's word defiles and pollutes it. Our prideful hearts are so anxious to have a role in the justification of our soul before God that we trust in our good works for Christ and in our times of humility and repentance. And then we boast of our natural talents and abilities in a vain attempt to lift these human tools to God's holy altar. But it would be well for sinners to remember that far from perfecting the Savior's work, our carnal confidences only pollutes and dishonor it. Uh -oh. Our Lord alone must be exalted in the work of atonement, and not a single stroke of our chisel or hammer will be tolerated. There is an, there is an inherited blasphemy in seeking to add what Christ Jesus, in his dying moments, declared to be finished, or in attempting to improve on his work in which the Lord Jehovah finds perfect satisfaction. Unstable sinner, away, from, away with your tools, Fall on your knees in humble prayer and supplication and accept the Lord Jesus as, as the altar of your atonement, resting in him alone. 
Many professing Christians should take today's verse as a warning against that the doctrines they believe. Among believers, there are, is far too much of an inclination to attempt to square and reconcile the truths of God's revelation. This is nothing but a form of irre irreverence and unbelief. So may we strive against it. May we receive truth just as we find it, rejoicing that the doctrines of God's word are uncut stones and, as such, are all the more perfect to build an altar for the Lord. There you go. Don't change a thing, Hedia. Don't change a thing. Carrie says. Cannot wait till tonight to start. Oh, really? <laughs> That's so sweet. Thank you. Uh, I love, love that. It. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what's on your heart, Carrie? Share with us. And Lisa Wood well, says, uncut stones. happy Friday. Hi, Lisa. Lisa, was, uh, Lisa says, same. Thank same, you. Carrie. Well, go ahead. Do you want to start? No. You sure? Yeah, I'm positive. Uh, well, I like this. I So I hear this is something that got me. Okay. So you first of all have to hear in his tone, he's a Calvinist. Spurgeon was a Calvinist. Mm. So he believes that we have very little to do with our salvation, including we don't even make a choice. Um, and so he hints to that throughout here. But what I find um, a sentence that's interesting to me is that among believers is far too much inclination to attempt to square and reconcile the truths of God's revelation. Mm. And this goes to how many divisions we have based on doctrine. Like people keep trying to create boxes to put doctrine and truths in, and then they want to fight about them. And it's, it's funny because this is such a great explanation is that people want to have a hand in the process. So they have to make these boxes for yeah. people to fit in. And um, it's a shame because we have very little to do with, um, with our salvation but I also love the uncut stones because, again, it shouldn't be made by man. It shouldn't look like um, the golden cow or the pagan altars of the gods where mm. it's this shiny marble building that um, uh, that some guy made to resemble his, you know, his dreams of what a palace would look like right. if he was a god. You right. know, so uh, I just I, I love the uh, simplicity of that. It actually reminds me of a few things. Uh, one of them is that a uh, professor from uh, Biola College who decided on his own that the Old Testament was no longer relevant. Because we don't ride in horses anymore or something like that. That was the example <laughs> right. he gave. That we have cell phones now. Because we have cars. Yeah, there's nothing about cell phones in the, in the Old Testament. Um, so that, there's, that's one uh, that we've talked a great deal about in the past. Uh, the other one is that you can be that person that picks and chooses the scripture that, yes. you know, that you like and what you don't like. Yes. Or you say, well, look at, they drank wine, so I must be able to get drunk. Yes. Uh, or, you know, you, you, you enhance certain aspects of it to, to match, you know, your lifestyle that you want to have. Yes. Which is obviously not right. And then the third thing, which is the last one, is that we, uh, you know, I, I say we, as as a whole as a church is that sometimes especially married couples can hear the bible being taught or spoken about but not thinking about themselves but thinking about the person that's next to them their their spouse and so they use it as a as a weapon 
<laughs> and they only hear, they're not listening. But for, I don't which, do that. No, no, no. What you're supposed to be doing is listening. How does the Bible touch you? Yeah. And, and how is it speaking to you? Uh, you know, I don't am, wait and listen for the little parts you can use as a weapon against somebody I else. I tell you, I'm so self-absorbed. I don't actually normally think about you at all when I'm listening to the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't really have to worry yeah. about it in this case. I am so self-absorbed. Uh-oh. Was God punishing me? There's yeah. just something wrong. Is that why I'm hearing this right now? Am, yeah. I, am I understanding this right? <laughs> yeah, it's all about me. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I think that's how he wants it. So those are the three things that came to me right away. Like each, you know, good stuff. Each one came to me as we were we were uh, reading through it the first time and the second time. Sometimes I get brand new stuff the second time, but not this time. Then I just reaffirmed that I needed to talk about each one of those things. Nice. You just listen to it, and what God is speaking is what He's speaking. You can't alter it. You can't adjust it. You can't say, you know, can't what, that's too harsh. It. Oh, they say that there's only a man and a woman. Oh no, not today. That's not relevant today. They're, Different you know. generation. Oh, it's, it's such craziness. Uh, um, oh, I like what Carrie uh, pulls the uncut stones. It's like last night. Pride makes us think we got it under control. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's such a great analogy because you could just envision them with these um, handcrafted marble that they're wanting to put one on top of another to make them beautiful. And the and Lord's like, no, I don't want you making it beautiful. It's an altar for me. This is not about you. It's about me. Uh, and we're just constantly trying to put our handiwork in there. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. We just think we're that good that we can match God. Yeah. Um, Jan. Hi, Jan. Hello, Jan. Nice to see you. We love you. Uh, Lisa says, it made me think of the AI church service in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, where it goes to in the extreme, right? It's, we build an altar. We have a, a smoke machine. We have bands, you know, I, you know, what's something that's in my heart. That's, that's hmm. really kind of freaking me out. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to share it with our audience. So, um, we have, uh, your daughter came over the other night with her friends that are musicians. And they were basically telling us that they had very good friends that were um, musicians and worship bands in neighborhood churches, big churches, mm. um, but they were not believers. And so it suddenly occurred to, my, to myself, oh, Lord, how many of the musicians in these bands all across town are not believers? And it's just been weighing on my it's just been weighing on my mind and in my heart because I'm thinking to myself, we are expecting that the worship leaders are ushering us into the presence of the Lord. Yes. You know, and we are They're like the angels and the harps and that's, that's the, the idea of worship. Well, the idea of worship is that they're holy ones mm -hmm. that are, that are calling on God and in their worship are taking us with them into the presence of the Lord where two or more are gathered. He is present and, right. and that we are corporally, engage in this act of worship and i'm like oh lord how many of them are not christians then then that whole that whole thing is just false that doesn't Yikes. mean we can't enter the presence of the lord but i i don't know i don't know is that weird to you does that make it does that make a difference to you at all that your worship leaders are not christians <laughs> especially really the leader the leader that sometimes leads a, a prayer, you know in a prayer before Worship starts yes, in the middle of worship. I am 300% confident Gia is 
um, a strong believer. Yeah, I think anybody, everybody yeah. on the stage at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, because it's hard to get any position there at Calvary Chapel. Yeah, without it's, going it's through pretty, a <laughs> very extensive background <laughs> check, a background check, and a you know a test. Yeah, and, but you know. just the idea that um, mm. that it's not a criteria. Yeah. So it is. So wow. in other words, the reason I brought that up is because God's saying, don't even cut the stone. And, and you're saying, well, the, the sound of the guitar is so important. I'm going to bring in a heathen off the street to make that sound for you. Talk about interfering with what God has ordained for us to be in worship together. Mm. Like that's the extent man has gone to, uh, to, to put his finger in it. Like right. we need, we need this to sound oh just so right, folks. So we're gonna bring in Bob over here. I do find myself looking at each one of them from time to time to see if they're mouthing the words or singing the words. Oh, I now do that. Yeah, religiously. <laughs> religiously. Religiously. Uh, uh, spirit uh, wind. You, yeah, you caught us. Actually, we yeah. just almost we finished yeah. reading the devotional, but we you were only nine minutes uh, after. Yes. So you maybe have just missed the devotional as well. The more more important part of, uh, is us than Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> and Lisa says, I left you speechless. Uh, I left me speechless. I saw and reposted with so much gratitude. The Bible yeah. is the only book where the author is in love with the reader. God's oh, love letter awesome. to man. Yes. Amen. That is pretty cool. So Carrie says she's now going to pray for the worship teams. And she says it does matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters to me, but I guess it's just, it's just the state of affairs these yeah, days, you know? And uh, yeah. she says, yes, Gia grew up at CCH. Yes. Yeah. That I knew. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You bring up a good point. I mean, you uh, you always do, but this no, this not <laughs> this one was, yeah. I, I remember that conversation. Uh, yeah. But you didn't. We didn't talk about it after. No, you weren't struck by it. I was. Yeah. Did they clearly say that they they believe that their friends are not believers at all? Oh yeah. Or did they say they don't know if they're believers? No, it's a gig, oh. and that's why he won't tell them what church it is. Wow. He's kind of embarrassed by it. But it pays the bills. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe they shouldn't pay him. Who shouldn't pay him? The church. Yeah. Well, but it's a lot of work. So I get it is, that too. Because they have to have rehearsal a couple yeah. days before or a day before. Get there early to make sure all the instruments are working properly. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe we'll take a poll. Do you care whether your <laughs> yeah. uh, worship but not let's, let's not say worship leader, your worship band. The members, the, people, of the, the members of the worship band are Christians. Put it in the chat. Yes, that'd be awesome. Let's hear what Jim has to say about this. Not about worship bands, but about yes. the devotional. About man's contribution to what God has made perfect. Yes. Changing God's doctrine. Why is it so many Christians believe they had something to do with their salvation? Nah. This is when Spurgeon really comes out. Yep. Uh, they may not state it that directly, but as we peel back the layers of their theology... We find they have a sense of acceptance due to something they did. And that's works, not faith. They speak of making a decision for Christ. Yet John said, we have become God's children, not born of human decision, but born of God. That's John 1, 13. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. John 15, 16. 
Paul said of becoming God's child, it does not therefore depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Romans 9.16. Finally, Solomon, referring to God's sovereign control, wrote, every decision is from the Lord. Perhaps it is the fact that in nearly every area of society, whether at home or church, school or work, we often experience performance-based acceptance. Mm. Yet God's word says he made us accepted in the beloved. That's Ephesians 1.6. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. You know, in my, uh, in my time of being born again, which is only the last few years, uh, because the first 20 years in the Christian church, it was all me. I had decided to go to Sunday's, you know, service. Yes. Or I had decided to go to a Wednesday service, or I had decided to join the Bible study, and I I, I blessed God with my presence in these places. <laughs> oh, well said. <laughs> uh, but it clearly it hit me right in the face that God had chosen me the moment that I had just like said, "Oh man, I, I've done this wrong, Lord. Will you please forgive me? I repent." Um, and I just ask, uh, that, uh, you know, you forgive me. And then he came to me and, and said, okay, I've chosen you. Now it's time. Now, now it's time for you to follow me. And so to me, it, it, th this whole thing that Jim just, you know, said, uh, is clearly, uh, the difference between the two periods of time of my walk with Christ is that the, the, one of the other biggest differences is that I understand completely that he chose me. And it's because of him I have salvation. Amen. It's because of him that I was saved. Um, and uh, there's no way around it. Absolutely no way around Amen. it. Amen. Yeah. So remember I told you I um, I abdicated my right to speak today to you? I mean, on Sunday. Yeah. To home church. <laughs> yes. I had a great thought of what oh. I wanted to talk about. If you didn't think of what you did. I have not yet. If did. you have not... I, no, no, I, so we have home oh. church at our church on Sundays. Yes. And so this Sunday is our home church. So if anybody lives in the area or wants to fly here, um, they can join us at five o'clock. Your Belinda, Pacific 5 p.m. Uh, come to our house because Hetty is speaking. Yeah. No, just a little bit. <laughs> How about we share? Well, yeah. I heard this great uh, sermon about Hezekiah. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's back in Hezekiah. Who was King Hezekiah mm -hmm. during the time of Isaiah. And it's in Isaiah 38. And Hezekiah, uh, Isaiah, basically, he's he's a he's just an awesome prophet. He's you know he's one of the gangster prophets. And so he comes to Hezekiah and he says to him, oh, "By the way, you're gonna die. Um, you got this really bad disease and you're dying. So get your affairs in order." Wow. And Hezekiah's like, "No!" And then he turns around and prays to God, "Please, I beg of you, I don't want to die. No, please, please." And Isaiah was walking out and he's like, "Wow, that sucks, poor guy." And then God's like, turn around, go back. Tell him I'll give him 15 years. And then um, they had this thing with the shadow. Tell him to choose whether mm. the shadow's going forward or the shadow's going backwards. And um, it was, so the the takeaway um, that this pastor was talking about, it wasn't Pastor Jack, it was a different pastor was talking about, was that some it's so important in our times that we have to consider in our walk with Christ. Sometimes we have to go back 
with a blessing mm. that we have to look back on our lives as believers and say, wow, what has God done in this stage of my life? What was God trying to do um, in that phase of my life? Because it sees, because if we go from a um, mountaintop to valley, just one after another, without taking time to go back mm. and look at how far we've come or the lessons that we've learned or what God was trying to teach and grow in us, then we could sometimes lose um, the forest from the trees. Yes. So that was just my little tidbit. I, just I love that. Tidbit. Yeah. I'm so looking forward still- to the rest of it on Sunday. No, no, no. I don't have any more. <laughs> that was it. That was it. I just... I just wanted to share. I just think that because, you know, he says, okay. And so it, it, it's hard for us sometimes. So I, I, um, my therapist told me before I came to Christ, I had disassociative disorder, which is this where you have this way of just shoving things away. So you never go back and revisit them. You never fix them. You just put them and shove them away so that they don't bring emotions about Um, And so then when I came to Christ and going through the process of forgiveness, repentance and laying it at the feet of Jesus, you um, you kind of empty yourself of all that shame and things that you carry around and you don't want them um, in these dark recesses of your mind, burying, uh, burying a hole. Uh, So you try to process them with the Lord. But this notion that you also need to go back and see did I fully understand what the Lord was trying to teach me in that season? Mm. That would be important. Very important. Yeah. I think all I of us, that. right? Yeah. I think all of us go from event to crisis to glory to, you know, euphoria to crisis back again, that we don't um, do that in a conscious kind of way, which I think is valuable. And this all came from the story of Hezekiah and Isaiah. Hezekiah. I love that name. Uh, Paul Byers on, he said. Hi, Paul. Hey, just wanted to say hi, and he thanks us for all we do. Thank you, Paul. Lisa says about the band. She thinks 100% anybody in a service delivering the word of God to a body believer should be a believer, but they're not delivering the word of God. They're singing Christian songs. And hopefully his praises. His praise, praises. Praises, you know, about for him. Right. That we love him. Now, if the pastor is not a Christian, then we, 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 we yeah. got serious problems. And I think, I think we have a few of those in our I world. Not, I, mean, I do not doubt. <laughs> Carrie says. Uh, the music matters, and some make the music about feelings instead of pointing to Jesus. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is it's turned into music. It's turned into a concert. Amen, Lisa. Amen, Carrie says. Lisa. Yeah. And, yes, Andy. And Kate caught us. <laughs> hey. Ha-ha! Glad you Hi, caught Kate. us. Hi, Kate. Let's see, where else do we? Um, so, uh, Lisa says. She gets what I'm talking about. That was good. That was really good, Chinooks. Thank you. I can't wait until you kind of deliver that on Sunday. Really? Yeah. But yeah. Hezekiah was in good standing at the pronouncement, but totally messed up the last 15 years. See, uh-huh. and that's another thing, is that, yes, he was good until he got those extra 15 years. So the other, oh, I forgot. The other part of the message was, do you, um, how much of what God does to us, 
God doesn't do it all to us, but it passes through God's hand. Okay. So not all the bad, the bad things that happen to us, God's not causing them, but they pass through his hand. So sometimes you have to ask, sometimes we wonder, is God trying me through this because he wants me to pray to change it? Or am I to resolve to accept it? Mm -hmm. And so Hezekiah was another example of like, oh, no, I'm not accepting it. Like many of us feel about prodigal children or um, even some about curing a sickness. No, I will stand on God's promises. God will change this circumstance. Um, or is the right position to take that um, we surrender to whatever it is that God is doing and we trust him. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Hard to say. Carrie says that compartmentalization takes time to break through. Amen. Absolutely. And spirit when view about music or worship. Ah, it makes a big difference. The worship team um, or worship leader is not a believer and has not experienced what they're offering as far as the praise unto the most holy. I totally agree. Yeah. Like it's not praise. He's singing a song. And Lisa says, oops. Praising in song is amplifying the word of God in my mind. So I respectively disagree. Ah, great. Well, I mean, we're supposed to be amplifying the word of God. But what I meant was that he's not literally reading scripture. Um, so I definitely get your point. Yeah, sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, in these songs, I, I, I love, again, we always give praise to Calvary Chapel, you know, Hills. But I think Jack is very particular about the music to making sure that it's uh, biblically correct. Right. Because sometimes you can hear it in the, in the wording that they, like, that they, they put a couple, they, they have to put certain words in to make it rhyme or to make it flow that we, uh, from time to time, you and I've looked at each other and go, cause there'll be a song that we've never heard before. Right. And they go, I'm not sure that those words are appropriate right. or fit or belong. It doesn't happen very often, but I think that that's really important too, that you, you really, because sometimes the songs have to do with the message that's coming. Yes. Um, but also that if you're going to, you know, play a worship song at, at church in particular, it needs to be biblically correct. Yes. Um, one thing I want to go back to early on, you said that uh, Charles Spurgeon was a Calvinist. Now, on occasion, and I, I think there's many people that maybe haven't heard this explanation before, but can you explain what a Calvinist is or why, why what he says is? A Calvinist thing to say. Um, I can't recite the whole tulip. Sorry. I'd like to memorize it one day, <laughs> but it's just accepting the absolute sovereignty of God, that mm -hmm. the divine election um, of saints is by God's dominion entirely. He causes man to choose him to come to faith. Mm -hmm. um, it is no, it is not dependent on man's free will. Uh, and so Arminianism is the opposite, which says, uh, God intended everyone to be saved and therefore allows for their free will to affect which ones will be. Oh. Um, and so the argument, you know, is, is many fold, but basically it's like what kind of God who's sovereign over all could possibly be sitting around waiting for man to accept him. Um, and then the response is, well, because that's the way he's designed it because he wanted it that way. He didn't want servants that didn't come to him willingly. And um, so it goes back and forth. Interesting. Thank you for that. Did we go through all the scripture? We only had two. Okay. 
Yes. Oh, I don't know. Did we I do feel it? like we might not have done that. Okay, I maybe mean, not. I could be yeah, wrong. Because uh, 2 Corinthians 11.4. For if <laughs> someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus, other than the Jesus that we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. So I had to read this in like six different versions because I couldn't understand what Paul was saying. And so basically it's a criticism. It's telling the people of Corinth, you are so wishy-washy sometimes that you accept some, some a new apostle um, who claims to be an apostle, but he, uh, Paul was calling them false apostles in this chapter. And he says, uh, basically, you're, you're so gullible, you'd even accept somebody who preached a different Jesus. <laughs> um, so he's basically telling them to have better discernment. Love that. And did we read Exodus? That's the one that's in the beginning. Okay. Um, anything else about the devotional that is still that we haven't talked about? Uh, no, I think we got it. The simplicity and um, that Christians should take a warning of these doctrines. Uh, because I, I just, I'm stuck on this phrase among believers. There is far too much of an inclination to attempt to square and reconcile the truths of God's revelation that our minds naturally like a Rubik's cube want us to square them away. I know mine definitely does that. Yeah. Like I want to understand the, if we didn't choose him and he chose us, how come some people do and some people don't? And how did he choose them? And like, I need them to go into little boxes and then I'm constantly having to talk myself out of needing the little boxes. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that that's great advice. Yep. So I had this, um, we had a couple things today. One, one of them uh, for me uh, was, I think you could call us a God moment on Saturdays, the, the men. Uh, I have this men's Bible study that we oh, do. Right. And one of the things that our question is before, you know, either when we first start or after, before we, we leave, is that anybody have a God moment? And so we'll talk about something. Um, and then I, I, I had one today that I, I'm, it was a, it was kind of a odd reaction, I think, to something that seems <laughs> that I should have, I should expect. So I, I, I needed, I didn't need to, I, I decided to use my son's truck. So Kelly, he's uh, 17. He's uh, in Montana. And so I, I, I just thought it's easier to put the bike in the back of the truck than it is the back of, of my vehicle that I yes. And so I did that. And then I hopped in, I started the vehicle and what comes on the radio is the fish. You got the fish on his radio. Oh, and it, there were some amazing songs, a couple songs I've not heard, but it just struck me like, like it brought tears to my eyes. It's so weird. Aww. And so I, so I'm getting them now <laughs> and I don't, it's a weird response. Is it not? I mean, it's, it's just that he had the fish on. I know that he loves God. He has a little lanyard that he carries his keys on that says, I love Jesus on it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I should expect this, but I, but what it did was it, it put me into a little bit of a fog because I was listening to the songs thinking about him that he's listening to the fish and I didn't, you know, I'm obviously, I haven't been in his truck almost since I gave it to him. I don't know that I've ever been in his truck yeah. since I give it, give it to him. Um, but I ended up driving past where I wanted to go and I just like drove, I, I don't know where, even where I was going, but I was just thinking so many thoughts about good thoughts, good thoughts that, you know, I just, 
Because sometimes we worry, you know, we hear all these stories that kids grew up in the church or grew up worshiping, worshiping yeah. God. And then suddenly things change. Thank God he's, uh, he's, he's in a relationship with a girl who's, who loves Jesus and volunteers of the church and that kind of stuff. But it, that, that's where kind of my mind went was that, you know, here he yeah. is now, you know, and I just was hoping and praying <laughs> that this does not change, that yeah, there's nothing amen. that can change that, that the devil doesn't catch hold and, and, yes. uh, and weasel Always in there somehow. Yeah, I be, then I began to think about pastors who grew up in the church or pastors, kids who, who grew up in the church and then go extremely wrong. Um, but it was, a, it was my, my reason for bringing it up was just this weird from, from getting into a car and the, the, the fish is playing, it turned into a whole thing. But that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I don't know. So. I, I just, <laughs> that I was so, so odd. I think that thing's just beautiful too. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was only driving down the road and, uh, and then I ended up in Anaheim, like further down in Anaheim, just because oh, I was kind Spirit of saying, what's the fish? It's the Christian oh. station. <laughs> it's our local Christian station. Yeah, it's a FM radio station. It's not even, you know, it's just playing off, off of his radio. Yeah, uh, but he had, had it on. So um, it was just a, a weird experience. The other thing uh, that I wanted to talk about is the um, we went and finally saw the sound, the sound of freedom. Yes. Uh, just a few moments ago and got done with it. Uh, I I was kind of speechless after it was over because I thought it was probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Personally, oh. um, I the message between the message. um it was, it, it was uh, done in a way, and this has to do with child, you know, trafficking. Of course, everybody knows, you know, sex trafficking, that kind of stuff. They were able to do the movie without, um, you know. Child it, exploitation. Yeah, without yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I think the words, the dialogue was was awesome. It was um, so good. I, I don't know. There was just so much about it. Um, I think you guys have heard me talk about that. I was a little worried about seeing it because I have a little problem because I was a sex crimes detective. And then as a patrolman, I had some, a few calls with children involved in this kind of incident, these kinds of things um, that really helped. It, it caused me to have some real big problems uh, for a little while that I had trouble dealing with. Um, and so going into a movie like this, I didn't know how yeah. I was going to be able to do it. So the, the reason I'm you know, really bringing this up is that, and I think we talked about earlier about that something else that happened earlier today. And that is when you give your life to, to Jesus Christ. I mean, for real, give your life to Jesus Christ. When you completely hand things over, um, the anxieties and depressions and things you can suffer with and the difficulties of, of what's happening in this world, you know, and, and, and we talked about that fear, being fearful can be a sin and being afraid is a sin and, and not being courageous for men is a sin that um, this is where it kicks in again. I mean, cause I had really big problems. I, I, I'm not sure if I shared this much before, but um, I had to go see a psychiatrist because I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I'd ended up in, in cities and didn't know how I yeah. got there. Um, I had, you know, moments of, of crying that were back. Like when you're like a, like a truly when you're like a baby where you can't stop crying yeah. and you can't breathe oh. as an adult in my thirties and forties. Um, that it was really bad. So I was really concerned about going yeah. and seeing this movie. And of course the opening scene was 
I was essentially watching myself on the screen where this detective was saying, I can't do this anymore. I, I said those exact same words to my sergeant uh, as a sex crimes detective dealing with child molestation cases and child exploitation cases that I was involved in, uh, pedophiles and things like that. I walked into his office after an interview and said, Sergeant, I'm, I'm quitting. I can't do this anymore. And then I quit. Wow. So uh, God is God in your life just uh, grabs hold of you in your heart, in your so mind. Basically, this is, and, this is how you're able to do it. You're saying that. Yeah, there's no other way. I went through psychiatry. They wanted to give me medication. Um, there were thoughts of, of ending my life. There was so much that was going on in that period of time. I mean, my, I had a mental breakdown at one point where I lost about six hours so of that, my time. That was, oh, I thought you attributed that to the accident, but you're saying it was the it, trauma from the job? It was that, when that happened, uh, I mean, concussions are another thing that causes your brain to go a little bit haywire. Sure. So I'm, I'm sure that did not help. Oh. Um, but there are things that were triggering up before that. Oh. The... Uh, the incident where I disappeared from Anaheim police station right. <laughs> and ended up in San Bernardino. And I don't know how I got there was from an incident, oh. not from the crash. Okay. I had had a crash earlier and I'd been playing hockey earlier. So I'm sure the concussions leading up to that incident, I think it just exacerbated my failure, my brain failure um, right. at the same time. But um, having Christ in your life um, allows you to kind of uh, get through these things a little Amen. bit stronger so true. Uh, because, you know, he, it just gives you so much strength. Amen. Um, it, it's um, it is powerful to, to, so those of you that are watching that may be on the fence again, I, I want to always say to you that you try, try, try Jesus. <laughs> you just got to try it. I mean, I, I, you have nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. Amen. And uh, become a believer and, and trust in him. And uh, you'll be able to get through a lot of the things that are causing you to drink, use, use drugs, um, you know, whether they're legal drugs or illegal drugs. You know, I, 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 it's really uh, life changing when when Christ is carrying you through these things. Amen. So I was really happy that I was able to make it through the movie because it really, truly for me was one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I loved it. Um, Can we get some Elisa's? Yes. Did we do the, the bottom two? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I learned the story of the writer of the film while he was writing with his parents were abducted and murdered. So many insights on the wow. Tim Cast interview with the producer and with Tim Ballard. Okay. I didn't know the writers. Uh, I, I listened to a number of interviews with him. Steve Bannon interviews him like every week. Uh, but I didn't hear the part about his parents being abducted and murdered. Hmm. And Lisa also struggles um, with that trauma. And so she almost didn't see it, but she's glad she did too. Yep. I'm glad for both of you. Yep. I think God carried me through it. Uh, you, your hand, holding my hand through the movie uh -huh. was so important. Oh. <laughs> I get emotional. <clears throat> I thought you were pulling away from me, so I didn't want to bother you, but I just kept grabbing your hand. <laughs> no. No, it was very important uh, for you to, to see it with you. There were thoughts I had of maybe seeing it alone because I didn't want to embarrass myself oh. as I'm embarrassing myself right here on camera. Uh, but uh, I thought, no, no, I, I needed you with me. 
because oh. you were, you know, we're, we're three, you know, Jesus, Hedia and Andy. Yes. Amen. Um, that was, uh, so important to be holding your hand. I thought Aww. it was, it was You're awesome. a sweetheart. Spirit wind view says, I want to be out there helping those children, but I don't know how my reaction would be because of my experience as a child, having been sexually used and abused by my dad, a state police. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, your dad was an officer. She's that what she's saying? I think so. Oh, so yeah. sorry to hear that spirit. I had a case, uh, with a police officer in a neighboring city. He had, uh, shaken his baby to death. Wow. And, uh, it was a very, it was, it was one of the most difficult investigations for the whole office because the local police department despised us for arresting him. Wow. Cause they and thought of him as this good guy. But, but did they all know the evidence, that he didn't? Well, he's saying he, he, oh. he said he didn't do it. Oh. But we had, you know, evidence and other things. And it was uh, really, I mean, yeah, so police officers, unfortunately, can get involved in things like that. Uh, Kate says. Uh, God always comes through. I got a message from my son today thanking me for protecting him from his father. Oh, wow. wow. I remember you telling me about that, Kate, and said his respect had increased with meeting his dad. God wins and healing for all. That's such a wonderful yeah. outcome, Kate. Congratulations. Wow. That's beautiful. And? Jesus heals all wounds in time if you give it over to him alone. Yeah, actually, I was trying to explain that to my daughter today. We got in a car accident. Um, she was driving, but thank God we're pretty much okay. Definitely okay compared to what it could have been. Um, and she just, you know, crying hysterically. I can't. I feel that she felt terrible because she just she has a hard time getting things doing things right. And I was like, honey, you got to give your life to Jesus. And he's like, what's that going to do? And I said, it's going to fix the broken places that you can't fix. I said, I'm telling you because I was you, you know, I was a version of her, just different vices, you know, mm. and it's just like we can't. It's so hard to explain to another human being that I'm telling you he will fix your broken places you know um people just can't yeah. make somebody believe that he'll fix you for what you've done to yourself and yes. he'll fix what other people have done to you amen he just has that he's just Fill so my powerful hollow places with your hallowed name the same god that built the mountains the universe the sun the stars the universe is the same one that can easily fix us amen it's a uh, it's incredible um oh lisa you have to read that uh andy you're not <laughs> embarrassing yourself whatsoever you're a strength personified through jesus christ like you said thank you okay praise god we have to let go of the outcome and leave it with him well said he sorts it out beautifully in his time oh we have to read this we have to get it romans eight twenty eight. <laughs> um i can do all things through christ jesus who strengthens me no, I'm more than a conqueror. It's a very Eight, common. 828? Yeah. Oh, there it is. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. <laughs> yeah, that's what Lisa I knew it was one of those. <laughs> nice job. Amen. God breaks, oops, breaks his brokenness. 
Yes. It really is hard to explain uh, to those. So it's like my daughter, my oldest daughter. It just her difficulties with faith is that someone in her, in our life uh, who claimed to be a Christian just really hurt her in many, in many, many ways. And so as, as I try to talk to her about it, it is so easy for, for her to put up her hands and say, I don't even want to listen to what it is you're saying. When the, the solution for some of the difficulties that she's dealing with, um, could God is the solution. And it, it's, it's so heartbreaking that you, that you help, we have the solution in our hands. Yeah. Right. We have the solution behind us sitting on that shelf, the Bible. Yeah. And you just want to, you want to, you want to give it, you want to hit him with it. <laughs> you want to just like somehow just shove it down their throat. Right? Not very Christian of us. If, but, if yeah. they were, um, you know, dying of some type of, you know, poison and we had the antidote, you know, it would be so quick to take the antidote. We would say, I'm, I'm dying from this poison. And I go, oh, I have the antidote. They'll give it to me. Like, and they're, they're well, struggling with this thing. And you say, I have the antidote. And they push it away. Well, I got to tell you, that goes back to the whole divine election, God's sovereignty. Mm. That, you know, there's just things you, you do not follow rational, natural laws. They are God's timing. You know, they're, they're just his dominion, his authority. You can't, faith is something that is totally out of our hands. We can't make somebody believe, no matter what. And I venture to say, we can't even make ourselves believe. True. Got me there. Uh, Spirit wins as... Yes, uh, they stand behind a community that thinks they're wonderful. Yes, that's why we need to keep our eyes open and be totally aware. Yeah, it's a very difficult. Sometimes it's a difficult fight, really difficult fight. Yep. All right, well, my friends. Minutes. Yes, I think we've we've talked a lot. Yes. Um, and thank you for all the comments. When you know the comments come in like this, we really appreciate it. We, yes. We really really helps with the devotional, how we can speak to you guys and, and talk about what's on your heart. So we really appreciate it. So if you're watching the replay, you can still do the same thing so that we can hear from you uh, and what it is you have to say about some of the things we discussed. All right. Anything else, my love? That's it. Nope. It's time for bed. Yeah. It's 947. <laughs> we came on a little late today, but thank you all for joining us. Yes. Thank you for staying up late. Some of you are not on the Pacific Standard Time, so we appreciate you. All right, my friends. We love you. Go Bye-bye. see uh, Sound of Freedom. We love you. God bless.